Good morning, Cross Point. Buenos días a todos. Bienvenidos. Grab this. What a special day, huh? Let me, let me start by addressing our Spanish-only speakers. Si necesitan traducción y no tienen audífonos todavía, si pueden levantar la mano, Julio y algunas otras personas van a pasar para darles el aparato que necesitan. Uh, so, si habla solamente español y ocupa traducción, levante la mano, vamos a pasar y darles unos audífonos para que puedan escuchar en español al mismo tiempo que yo estoy hablando en inglés. Vamos a hacer todo en inglés, con la excepción de los cantos que cantamos ahorita, y luego va a haber traducción en español. So that's for our Spanish speakers. We're going to have translation, but they're going to be uh, using headphones so that they'll be able to hear what's going on. So at this time, since it's such a special day, first let me say congratulations, all the moms, happy and blessed Mother's Day. Big round of applause to all the moms. <laughs> Truly a special day, and I think it's evident by the fact that we had to bring out more chairs because we didn't have enough for all of you that are here right now. Um, we're going to do a couple of special things, and right now we're going to start by asking all of the children, so if you are... Uh, 10 years old and under, would you please come up to the front and find some space for you to kind of sit down on our recently vacuumed carpet. Come on down all the way to the front. We got something for you. We have a special, we have a special candy chocolate bar. Oh, I'm sorry, up here. Oh, they're stealing my thunder here. Sorry, guys. Down here, down here. So let's have you guys come up here, like fill in all the front right there. Yeah, oh, they just wanted to jump off the stage. That looks like a lot of fun. So todos los niños que de 10 años y menos, estamos pidiendo que pasen para frente. Guys, so have a seat and look this way because I'm going to talk to you guys. Yeah, 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 there you go. Just like rug time at school. I'm having flashbacks here, my teaching years. So let's have you guys sit down and look this way. And if you don't want to sit down, of course, you could stand that would be awesome. I'm going to talk to you guys for like three minutes, and then I'm going to give you, do you guys like chocolates? Yeah. Do you like candies? Yeah. Excellent. So I'm going to give you a, an awesome chocolate and candy bag so that you can give it to your moms. Nice. And maybe, maybe if you behave and you do a really good job from what I'm about to tell you, they might share with you. I don't know. We'll see. And if there's, let's say there's three siblings, so your brothers and sisters, just take one for your mom. And then also I realize there's a lot of moms here that don't have their kids here. So we're also going to have some helpers come and help us distribute those to moms that don't have their kids here. So you guys are going to have to help me out. You're going to have to pay really close attention, all right? Okay. So check it out. If I could have your attention for three minutes, I'm going to tell you a couple of things. I'm going to give you some advice. Because what's today? What's today? Mother's Day. Did everybody know that? It's Mother's Day. That's right. That's right. Mother's Day. So we want to do something special for the moms, right? And, you know, moms really like getting gifts. But I think they like something even more than just getting gifts. You know what they like? You know what all moms like? Children that do what I'm about to tell you to do. Absolutely. You can tell me something afterwards. I'm totally having flashbacks from my teaching years. I don't know if you knew this, but for eight years, I taught first and second grade. This is awesome. Um, awesome. So here it is. 
Here's what I want to tell you. And if you remember, I'm going to see you after service, and I'm going to ask you some questions. And if you can remember what I'm about to tell you, I might have something even more special for you. Okay. So I want you to remember one word, and that is, what, is, what, is, what do these four letters spell? Some of you guys are older, so you know how to spell and all that and read and all that good stuff. H-O-L-D. Hold. Hold. You know what your mom would love for you to do today? For you to hold them on a big hug. How many of you guys can do that? Can you hug your mom and just hold them with a hug? Yes? Some of the boys are like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can. They would love a hug. Right, moms? Moms love hugs? Yes? That was a really weak applause. You gave me mixed signals to these kids. Do moms like hugs? See what I'm saying? I was right. So moms like hugs, and when you hug somebody, you hold them. So remember those four letters, H-O-L-D. Repeat them after me, H-O-L-D. H-O-L-D. That's right. That spells hold. And each of those letters is going to be representing of a word. Stay with me. And these are the things that I want you to do today with your moms, okay? So what's the first letter? H. Some of the parents are getting involved right here. Hey, this is not for you. Stop it. No, I'm kidding. Good help. Good help. That's, a, that's an assist. The first letter is H. Say the letter H. 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 And that stands for honor your mom. What does God want you to do? Honor your mom. So I'm not just telling you. I don't want you to be like, uh, Pastor Mike said I need to honor you. Like, no. Like, God says that we should honor our parents. And that's a tough word, especially for you little ones. But let me tell you something. To honor your parents means for you to behave and live in such a way that when people know your parents, they're going to be like, oh, you're, you're so-and-so's dad or mom. Wow, congratulations. They're great kids. Nice. If your if your if your mom if your if your teacher calls your mom or dad and starts complaining about you, are you honoring your parents or are you making them look bad? That's right, you're making them look bad. That's not honoring them. Did you realize that even the way you behave at school is a way to honor your parents? The way you behave at church, the way you talk to people and the way you treat other people if you treat them right, you honor your parents. So the first word for the word hold is H, and the word is honor. Honor your mom today. So what, what do I want you to do today? Honor. Honor, honor who? Honor your mom. That means you're going to behave in a way that people are going to say to your mom, congratulations, you have a great kid. I want to have 20, 10 kids like yours. And your mom's going to be like, wow, that's awesome. It feels really good for somebody to compliment them because of your behave, good behavior. So honor your mom. That's actually a commandment. Many of you guys know that. The second letter for hold is what? It's the letter O. So H is for honor. O is for, what do you think a good word with O for kids is on Mother's Day? Obey. Obey. What does that mean? That means if your mom tells you to do something, you what? You do it. And you don't complain. You don't complain. You don't whine. You don't talk back. I hope you guys never talk back. That's, that's, that's really bad. But you obey your mom. And, and, and I know most of your moms. And I know they're not mean people. And if they ask you to do something, it's probably for your benefit. So it's, be, it's best for you to obey your mom. So you honor 
your mom. Today I want you to obey your mom. And then the letter L is for, what's a good word for moms? For kids towards moms. L. Love. I want you to love your moms. Love them. And don't just tell them you love them, but love them. Treat them right. Be kind to them. And, and one way you love them is by honoring them, behaving right, and obeying them when they ask you to do something. So hold is the word that we're using to remind us of the letter H, honor. You're going re- to have to remember this. Honor your mom. O is for obey your mom. L is for love your mom. And D stands for, I want you to demonstrate your love to your mom. Because I'll tell you what, if you tell your mom, I love you, and then you don't do what she tells you to do, is she going to feel loved? If you tell her, Mom, I'm going to honor you, I'm going to obey you, love you, and then your teacher from school calls complaining about you, is that demonstrating love to your mom? No. We want you to be great kids to these awesome moms that we have here at Crosspoint. All right? So the word, sorry, Clean your room. That's some good advice. Clean your room. All right. Before you guys take over here, I need to instill my, my authority as a leader here. You guys have great advice. So, all right. So everybody, let's see if you guys are paying attention because a lot of you have your moms as well, right? So the, the magic word is what? Hold. Say hold. All right. That's the magic word. Hold. The first letter H is for what? Honor. Yeah, let's get you guys. All right, let's, we need some help now. We do need some help. All right, we're rushing through this now. So the first letter is H. We want to honor your mom. The letter O is for? Obey your mom. The letter L is for? Love your mom. And the letter D is for? Demonstrate your love. Don't just tell her you love her. Show her that you love her by cleaning your room, picking up after yourself, be nice to your brother and sister, opening the door for her. There's a ton of things that you can do to show your mom love. And one of the things that we're going to help you with is this. I'm going to pray for you, for our moms, and then after the prayer, I'm going to ask you to take one of these bags. I'm going to ask you to find your mom and then give it to her, give her a big hug, hold her, tell her you love her, and then you guys are going to go to your class with uh, Keith and Jan. Does that sound like a plan? Yes. All right. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day, for the opportunity to celebrate our moms, and just thank you for them. Thank you for these children. And I ask that as we just talked a little bit about about, uh, honoring, obeying, loving, and demonstrating our love to our moms, that we would do so out of respect, honor, and love for you, Father. We thank you for these children, for the moms. We ask for your blessing on the service. We pray in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. All right, guys. So take a bag, and then you guys can take two, but you're going to give one to your mom and one to somebody else who doesn't have their kid here. Let's go. So if you don't have a child here, raise your hand because we want to give you a a little goodie bag, and we're going to have some people pass them out for, for us. So raise your hand. If Well, one per mom, but we have lots of moms that don't have kids here, so we want to make sure they get one as well. There you go, Jay. Just raise your hand and take one 
If you know there's somebody here that, don't, that doesn't have their kids here, their children, even if they're adults, please come up. Take one for them. Give them a hug on behalf of Crosspoint and let them know they're loved. So we want all the moms to get one of these. Alguna mamá que no tenga sus hijos aquí, que quiera una bolsita, levante la mano y vamos a pasar y darles una. Look for the moms that don't have their kids here. They're being, uh, they're being sneaky. I did. So raise your hand if you haven't gotten a, a goodie bag and you're a mom. And after you give your goodie bag for the kids, Keith is by the double doors. Go ahead and go with Keith. You guys are going to go to your class for about a half hour. We have one more. There's one of you that needs to raise your hand so we can give you your bag. I heard me over here somewhere. Cherry, you are not a mom. The nursery for the babies is also open and available. So if you have a, a baby here with you and you want to take them to the nursery, that would be ideal. It is now open for you. I also need to announce really quick, uh, CJ asked me to mention she has extra booklets from the last women's event that they had. She was able to pass them out, but if you didn't get one, uh, see her. She might have some more. And if you did get one and you want to go through the activities that are in there, contact her. She'll be happy to kind of guide you through those. Bit of a follow-up from our women's event. All right? Great. Now, I want to thank, I want to thank all the men who took it upon themselves to come this morning, I think at 7 a.m., and cook these amazing pancakes. I heard some great things and sausages and hash browns. So Jose Avila especially, he took care of everything today. Thank you, guys. He had a nice crew of guys that were helping him out. I think it went really well. Um, we should just have breakfast every Sunday. <laughs> He's like, I signed up for one week. All right, so thank you, guys. Uh, and we wanted to do something special for you moms uh, on your behalf. Obviously, the breakfast was for everybody, and it's, it's nice to see that it was very well attended. And so we definitely will consider having that more often. Why not? Of course, it's easier when we have a, a combined service, of course. Since we're on the um, announcement stage here, let me also announce that we are planning on having a... A book signing, let's call it, right? Should we? Should we call it a book signing and promotion? So I don't know if you know, but among us, we have an author. That will be Destiny. Where is she? She's, she's hiding. Yeah, she probably, she's probably in the nursery or something. Uh, so Destiny is uh, now an author. She had her book published. We're proud of her, of course, and we... Want the Lord to bless her in her endeavors if she decides to continue to write. We would hope that, that the Lord would bless her in that. And we want to support her, of course. So on the 22nd, in two weeks, two weeks from today, we plan on having her bring some copies of her books. Uh, we're going to have her come up here and just kind of share with you a little bit maybe about the process, the journey, and the purpose for her writing the book, what it is. And then we'll have her out there all decorated nicely, and she'll be 
at an author's table signing copies for you, and um, I think it'll be great just to be able to support her. And it's a really neat book that um, I'll let her I'll let her describe it. I, I got a copy already, and um, it's it's really neat. I, I really like the whole idea behind it, and so I think you'll you'll find it very not just enjoyable but productive. It's it's God's word made simple so that you could study it and, and journal it and have it be like a devotion for you, but very practical. So we're proud of her and we're happy to be able to do this with her. So on the 22nd, that's in two weeks, we're going to do that. Be ready to come and just spend some time after, the, probably between the services or after service or before service. Great. One last announcement, and that is that I'm happy to announce that trimester two for our growth group started this past week. I had my group, many of you did as well. I know Sunday got a little complicated because of the picnic, but um, so the growth groups got started, including a very special Friday night women's uh, Bible study and mutual encouragement group that is led by Monique. So I want to make sure that you ladies know that there is something really special and available for you on Friday nights, all right? Uh, if you go to crosspointchristianchurch.com, you'll see that you'll see all the information on all the uh, growth groups. Most of them are in English. There's only one in Spanish on Sunday. And then there's only one online. The rest of them are in person. Um, so if you have any questions about that, you, so you're behind. You missed the introductions, which is fine. But I would highly, highly encourage you to join a growth group. Uh, especially if you missed the last one and you were, you were intending to do it. Yesterday at the KMG event, we heard something really great. Um, and one of the pastors that spoke said, um, you know, when you get into routine and things, you might miss once. He goes, never miss twice. If you miss once for whatever reason, just get back up and, and continue. But never miss twice. So if you missed trimester one this year, for whatever reason, you procrastinated or you scheduling didn't work out and you missed it, don't miss this one. Sign up. If you have any questions, it's as easy as just contacting me, contacting anybody from the growth group leaders, but I think uh, that's one of the best things that we're able to offer here at Crosspoint, which is an opportunity for you to connect with a small group and, and just be committed to spiritual growth in a small community. And we're going to talk a little bit about community today as we uh, go on this message. All right, that's, that's all for, for announcements. If this is your first time here, welcome. We're really happy that you would join us. If you're, if you're recent uh, to our church, if you haven't been here a long time, I'm thinking June. I'm going to throw this out there so you can start thinking about it. We're going to have a Meet the Leaders lunch. We have about two of those every year. And once we see that, we have about maybe 15 or 25 new people that are sticking around. You know, you've been here two, three weeks, four weeks, couple of months, uh, or if you're new to our church in the last six months, because I don't think we've had a Meet the Leaders lunch since, um, then uh, we would love for you to join us. We'll, we'll give you more information on that. It'll probably happen in June. Great, but welcome. And all the moms, congratulations once again. And let me start off by saying that I realize that Mother's Day can be a very difficult day as well. You know, for most of us, we kind of take it for granted. It's a joyous day, and it is. It's, I think, worthy of being celebrated. Um, but I also realize that for many moms, uh, this day is a very difficult one. And so we want to acknowledge that. And I think 
Today's message, I think, is going to be a very emotional. I tried getting all my crying out during the week as I was studying for this. I kid you not. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be very emotional. I have my mom here. that She hasn't been here for a while. She's been very ill. My mom's back there. Don't look at her. She's shy. Uh, but she's here. And so that just adds to my being emotional. But you're going to see what I mean as we look at Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. So we're going to do, I'm going to give you the heads up right now. Since we're going through Luke, we're not there in chapter 7 yet. We're still a couple of months away from there. But we're skipping forward and then when we get to that part, we're going to say, remember Mother's Day, we already went through this portion, and we're not going to go through it again, most likely. Unless I choose to speak on the same portion about something else, then we might do that as well. But we want to stay with Luke as much as possible. So today we're going to look at Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. The message is entitled, A Woman's Joy and Grief. A Woman's Joy and Grief. Luke 7, 11 through 17. Let me tell you what the main point of this morning's message is. God is glorified as he displays his power and compassion in our lives. God is glorified as he displays his power and his compassion in our lives. And this is not a pretty story. And Luke, being a physician, a very compassionate individual himself, chooses to, to write about this story. If I'm not mistaken, this story is not found in the other Gospels. And, but Luke chooses to include it in his. And what, one of the things he wants to show and wants us, the readers, to understand is that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, is a compassionate, a compassionate God. When you talk about compassion and people that need compassion, you're talking about people that are in grief people that are in pain, people that are in need. And beloved, that's all of us. And so praise God for his compassion because we are creatures in need of compassion as this woman was, and we're going to see um, what happens. So I'm going to read it, and then I have five points that I want to share. So obviously we're going to go fairly quick. And because it's a combined service, we get to use twice as much time. I'm kidding. Don't panic. We're not going to go till 11.30. We're going to go till 11.15, 30 minutes, thereabout. So if you have a Bible, you want to open it to Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. And we're going to see how God is glorified as he displays his power and compassion in our lives. Let me read it. It says, now it happened. The day after that he, Jesus, went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, rise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has risen up among us, and 
God has visited his people. Let's pray. Father, as we open up your scripture and see this story, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us, not just for information's sake or an intellectual level, but that you would really speak to our hearts, to our spirit, to our soul, and to our minds. Father, that as, as many as us are here, we're all individually here seeking you, and we pray that you would convict us, that you would encourage us, that you would comfort us through your word. Special thank you for all the moms who are here for this difficult task that they have or they've had. We pray that as we look at the story of this widow who lost her only son, that we would find comfort and peace trusting in you. We praise in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. All right. I know I just read that story, but we're going to break it down a little bit. And I'm not sure why I do this. Maybe the teacher in me, I, maybe it hopes that it'll help you remember or maybe understand, uh, stay focused as I'm speaking for 30 minutes here. So every point that I have is two words, and both words start with C's. Maybe I should have been a rapper or something that could... I'm kidding. I'm not even rhyming or anything. But hopefully this helps. I know some of you guys take notes, and that's great. I will say that I have notebooks where I used to take notes at church since I was maybe at least 15 years old. I would encourage you to take notes. Don't, don't just come to church to try to hear something nice, but come to hear God through whoever is speaking, as was the case last week when Luis Robles took over as I was celebrate my wife's birthday, which is actually today, all right? Big shout out to her for her birthday today. And since we're in the topic, it's Monique's birthday tomorrow. All right, all right, yes. And mine's September 20th. No, I'm kidding. That's not even close. All right, let's get some humor in there because we're about to get really serious and emotional here with this story, beloved, because when it boils down to the Holy Spirit let Luke to write this story down, to narrate it so that we would read it and impart so that we would be convinced of the things that we have learned. And I think one of the things that we can take away from the story is that to be able to know and, and ask God to help us and have faith to be able to trust in God's goodness and his compassion and his love for us, so important. So here it goes. Point number one, I want to look at the comparing crowds or contrasting crowds. There's two crowds that we are introduced here, right? And we're not going to spend a lot of time here, but look at verse 11. Now it happened the day after that he, Jesus, went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. Now I want you to pay attention to this. The Lord, everywhere he went, Almost without exception, except for the times that he isolated himself intentionally, everywhere he went, there were always large crowds. And Luke makes a distinction between the people that followed Jesus. So there's one crowd, but within the crowd, there are his disciples, and there is a crowd. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time in this, but I think this is important for us to understand because you have to ask yourselves, if you are part of the disciple group or you're part of the crowd group, what's the difference? 
Disciples are people that are committed to following Christ. The crowd is just there to see what's up. You know, a crowd attracts a crowd. I'm sure it's happened to you, right? You're somewhere, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of people start gathering, and there you go with your phone ready. Oh, what's going on over there? And, and Luke makes that distinction. There goes the Lord. His disciples are with him, not just his 12. There were more disciples than just the official 12 disciples. But then there was also a crowd. And those were the uncommitted. Those were the ones that as soon as things started getting a little difficult, ooh, they're out of there. Or it's like, ah, it's getting late, I'm going to go home. The disciples or disciples of Jesus Christ are people that are committed to follow him. In the good times and in the bad times, or what we perceive to be bad we encourage you. Crosspoint is all about making disciples. We want to be good disciples of the Lord. We want to make disciples of the Lord. You want to make sure that you, as you're in, let's say even this crowd, that you are part of the disciples and not just part of the crowd. The, the crowd, really quick, the crowders are the people that kind of come sometimes and don't come, depending how they feel. It's like, oh, it's kind of cold today. I think I'll just not go today. And, uh, I was going to go to church today, but, you know, there's a really good game today. Uh, or I'm going to go, but, you know, I could, there's overtime opportunities. It's not obligatory. It's not obligatory. It's not a, it's not a, they're not commanding me to work, but I could sure use the extra money. And you choose to, especially when you're not in need of that extra money or when you understand that the only extra money you need is what Christ gives you. But that's a different, whole different story. I don't want to come down on you too hard, but I, I, love the, I love seeing our congregation full. It was this full or even more full on Resurrection Sunday. And then the week after that, what happens? I'm going to say something kind of mean. And a broad stroke. The crowd doesn't come all the time. The crowd doesn't come all the time. Just the disciples. I want everybody to be a disciple. I don't want any of you to be part of the crowd. Got to jump in, be committed. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to spend a lot of time, and I spent already more than I, what I wanted. So we have two contrasting crowds. Oh, that's just one crowd. We still have another one. So verse 12, and when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. And a large crowd from the city was with her. A large crowd from the city was with her. I think that's interesting that here comes Jesus with his crowd, and then there's a crowd, and there's a crowd because they're carrying this young man in a coffin. He's dead. And the whole city or a large part of the city come out to support this widow who just lost her only son. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But let me talk a little bit about that crowd. Um, really spoke to me as I was studying and reading this. I mean, I've read that story so many times and, and never really stopped to analyze or really think about this second crowd. This second crowd were people from the city that were there crying with this widow who had just lost her only son. And what I want to say about that is... You know, we have a crowd here. 
We have a congregation. There's people that are gathered for a specific purpose, to worship Christ, to learn about him and have fellowship. But we are a crowd. And within this crowd, you're going to have people that are go through difficulties, even tragedies. And how awesome is it for us to be able to come alongside each other when, not if, but when we go through hard times. And that's you. That's, that's part of the committed individuals that you're not just part of the crowd. You're part of the, the group that's here for one another. So I, w- I would just love for us to really think about that. Are you part of the disciple group? And are you part of that crowd that when somebody is hurting, you're there to support and help? I, I, I hope that if you've been coming to church for at least three months or maybe more, even less, that you start connecting with people. There are really some awesome people here. And by awesome, I don't mean perfect. I mean committed individuals that are maybe just as broken, if not more than you, but are committed to following the Lord, to living by the word, by the power of the spirit, and are willing to say, I'm broken like you, but I know where I can find healing, support, and encouragement. Let me walk with you. And then for the rest of us to be willing to say, Hey, I got this need, I got this pain, I need some help. There's so much power in that. And that's part of the benefit of being part of a crowd or a congregation. Don't isolate yourself. Don't allow the enemy to keep you isolated or keep you all walled up, you know, with all these facades and not let anybody in. You don't need to do that. And for the women, since it's Mother's Day, I would highly encourage you to attend Monique's group on Friday night. Whatever excuse you got, let it go. Take a step of faith and come. Join a growth group. That's one of the growth groups that you have. You could join a growth group and join a second growth group if you like. Friday nights from 7 to 8.30. I really think that should be like our biggest group, growth group in our church. Women coming together and saying, hey, broken one, how you doing? My name is also broken. Let's, let's do this together. You're going to see so much come out of something like that. So I encourage you to do that, moms, women. So two crowds. Um, let me just read one verse here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 25 through 27, the Apostle Paul talking about the church and our relationship towards one another. He says that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. I'm not asking you to do anything that the Bible doesn't specifically teach. That we are all individually members of one another. And we are blessed to have a congregation that we can call our spiritual local family. Take advantage of that. To not take advantage of that is for you to forfeit so many of the blessings that are available to you through the church. So, we looked at the contrasting crowds. Let's look at point number two, the compelling circumstances. The compelling circumstances are that here you have a widow. And that's hard enough, losing your partner Being a woman and losing your husband at that time was even more difficult. 
being a widow, even today in some parts of the world, being a widow is something that is looked down upon. Now, I know we have a lot of widows here at Crosspoint. I hope you know that we love you. I hope that you know that we want to care for you and help you in whatever way that we can. If we haven't do that, I apologize. If you haven't felt that love, I'm sorry, but that's not our intention. We know you, we want you to feel loved, and we need to get to know each other. Amen. But, and here you, have, here you have a widow, and we're, we're told that this funeral procession is of her only son. It's not natural, it's not the norm for a mom or a parent to lose their child, but it happens Unfortunately, and it happens a lot, from a miscarriage, losing a baby before he or she is even born, and there's a lot of pain and shame, unfortunately, associated with that. I would love for us to find healing in that or support and help because I know there's many of you out there. And you've experienced the loss of a child, and that's probably one of the most difficult things that anybody can go through. And it happens. I know it happens here. We want you to know that we see you. We want you to know that we would love to extend any sort of support to you and help. And it is available within the body of Christ and here at Crosspoint. But here you have this woman a widow, we don't know how long she's been a widow, but it's difficult enough. But she had a son, and that was a great thing. And then we don't have any details of what happens, but the son dies. And there she is, now a widow and childless. And I would have to say that that woman at that time was probably at the lowest point of her life and probably one of the lowest points that anybody can ever find themselves in. I think you would agree. And what happens? Well, before I get to my next point, I want to share, I want to say, you know, I'm a dad, obviously, but I'm not a mom. And moms have a special responsibility. They're in a special position to both love like nobody else can. I mean, the love that a mom has for their specific children or child is unmatched. And yet at the same time, it is very often the moms that go through the most difficult pains as, as a mother, right? And again, we, we appreciate you Moms are special people. Um, I also want to make sure that I mentioned uh, our spiritual moms. Those of you that don't have children of your own, but you have, in your obedience to Christ, have taken it upon yourself to mentor women, girls, other ladies around you, and you've become this mother figure, figure, spiritual mother figure to them. That is a very, very special thing that I know God holds in high regard. So for those of you that... For whatever reason, we're not able to or chose not to. 
have children of your own, but you have been a servant of the Lord, God bless you. And we appreciate you. I know we have some of those here. But here's this woman who, no doubt, as a woman, you get to experience, talking to the moms and women in general, you know, one of the happiest moments, generally speaking, is your, your wedding day, right? As children, you look forward to getting married, having a big wedding perhaps, and finding Prince Charming. And how did that go? I'm kidding. Stop it. <laughs> and so you're excited, generally speaking, and you have a wedding, and, and it's, it's perhaps one of the happiest days of your life. And then you begin your marriage, and you start to experience, as every uh, marriage does, experiencing some difficulties. And some of us experience more difficult circumstances than others, unfortunately. But what I'm saying is that as a woman, you get married and it's probably one of the highest points in your life. And even within the marriage and, and possibly even losing your partner could be one of the lowest. And so loving someone or choosing to love someone or be committed to someone offers you an opportunity to experience some of the highest highs and some of the lowest lows. That's why I entitled my message, A Woman's Joy and Grief. And same thing with bearing children, right? As you have kids of your own, being a mom is probably, generally speaking, one of the happiest moments in your life. And in the progress of, you know, raising this child unto adulthood and even well into adulthood, you probably have experienced as well not just the highs of motherhood, but some of the lows and difficulties and pains of motherhood. And so when I think about moms, I just think they're special. They're very special. And I know there's a lot of shame and regret associated with motherhood. Um, and again, I would just caution you in being careful not to allow the enemy to beat you down with that. You've made mistakes as a mom. I know you have. Have you done everything right? No. Could you have done more? Pro yes. Did things not work out right? Is it your fault? I would probably dare say probably not, although maybe some of us have made mistakes for which we've unfortunately have to live out the consequences. But most of the time, you know, kids get to make their own decisions eventually, and generally speaking, you know, they bear their own responsibility. But as parents, sometimes we carry the shame and the guilt. You don't have to live in that. You don't have to live in that. Even the mistakes that you've made, the blatant, obvious mistakes that we've all made, we can bring those to the cross and find forgiveness and healing. Christ bore not just the penalty and pain of our sin, but also the shame and the guilt of it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God awesome? So these compelling circumstances, widow and childless. Philippians 2.27, speaking of compelling circumstances or difficult times, I've always found this, this verse very interesting. Philippians 2.27, Paul says, For indeed he, Epaphroditus, was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, Paul says, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I don't know what you get out of that verse, but this verse is super rich and speaks high to me. Highly. Because here's Paul, the apostle, who, who at times had the ability to heal people. There was times when people were just touching him and they were being healed. But here you have a time where that healing power wasn't around. 
unlike some of these people on TV that if you just send them enough money, they'll guarantee a healing. Those are false teachers that unless they repent, they will find themselves part of that crowd where the Lord says, Depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Here you have the Apostle Paul. Not only not healing Epaphroditus, but he says God had mercy on him because he didn't die. And not just mercy on him, but he says, mercy on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. You know what that means? Sorrow upon sorrow. That means you're already down, and then you get kicked. Ever felt like that? And Paul expresses his gratitude to God that he didn't allow Epaphroditus to die. Because if he would have died, he was already sad and full of sorrow. He would have been full of sorrow upon sorrow. And just a verse that, that speaks of the fact that even an Apostle Paul went through difficulties and sorrows and tragedies and illnesses and had a thorn in the flesh. And sometimes as Christians in the church, we're confused, angry, and bitter because we've been sold a false set of goods. Or you're under the impression that because I'm a Christian and I'm following the Lord and I'm serving him with all my heart, nothing bad or tragic should ever happen to me again. And you just don't find that in the Bible. If somebody taught you that, they taught you something that's not biblical. Or if maybe you just assume that, you assume that instead of knowing that because you saw it in the Bible. Even as Christians, we're going to go through difficulties. But God is not going to protect us from every pain and every sorrow. Look, the, the, the reality is, we already read it. This widow's only son who had died was raised from the dead. But there were plenty of other widows who lost their children whose children were not raised. And in your life, you're going to find circumstances where you're thinking, whoa, I've asked God this many times, and he never did this, hasn't done this for me, but he did it for my neighbor or my brother in Christ, and, and I don't understand why he did it for them, but he didn't do it for me. And I have to remind you that God is under no obligation towards you other than what he's already promised and I know that's difficult, but unless we get that right, we're going to have a really difficult time when we go through hard times in our lives. So we looked at the contrasting, contrasting crowds. We looked at the compelling circumstances of this woman. And then I want to look at Christ's compassion. Christ's compassion because he sees her. He perceives what's going on and he knows what's happening. And there were other dead people. But it wasn't within his will to, to raise everybody at that time. And why this person, not that person, I don't know. Other than what we see almost at the end of every section here, where after he did what he did, he is glorified by the crowd. Remember, it's all about God's glory, not yours or mine. It's about his glory. But we see Christ's compassion, right? He sees what's happening. He says, uh, and when he, Jesus, came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, 
the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from that very city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Not on the dead guy, on her. He knew that she was a widow. She saw all this crowd that were supporting her. They saw the pain in her. They saw how bad they felt and the compassion they were expressing towards this widow who had just lost her only son. And he has compassion on her. The only difference is that crowd, as much, as compa- um, as much compassion as they can have, they couldn't do anything about her circumstances as far as her dead son. But not Jesus, who in John eleven twenty five 25 says, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And it's awesome. We, can, we don't have time to look at this, but nobody asked the Lord. Nobody expressed faith towards the Lord. He just did whatever he did because he wanted to do it. That tells about his sovereignty. He doesn't need your permission to do anything. He's sovereign. He does whatever he wants, and everything he does is perfect. I know that's difficult when we're finding ourselves in difficult circumstances, but that is the truth. So we see Christ's compassion, and he does something about it. But I just want to highlight his compassion. And now let me read one verse in Isaiah 49, verse 13. It says, Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break out in singing. Kind of like what we did at the beginning of this service. O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. You know that unless we go through tragedies and difficulties, we'll never experience God's comfort and healing. So as much as we don't like to go through difficulties, once you get through it, you're able to look back and say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, I will never fear more evil because I already know you're with me. I've experienced you being with me. You didn't protect me from every difficulty, but you were with me every step of the way through every difficult circumstance. That's what he promises. In Hebrews 13, 5, he says he will never leave you nor forsake you. You are his child, his beloved one. And so no matter what you go through, no matter what we go through, as difficult as it may be, that as much as the enemy might want to say, you, that's happening because you deserve it because of what you did that one time and nobody else understands what you're going through, you're the only one and don't you dare tell anybody. Even when you hear those whispers from the lying enemy, remember God's word and his promises to you. Amen. Remember his promises to you. Amen. Amen. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We have to believe that. He will, he has comforted his people and he will have mercy on his afflicted. You must believe that God and our Lord Jesus Christ, being God himself, is a compassionate God. Some of us think he's a mean God. Some of us think that he doesn't care. You think the opposite of who he is. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Get in the word and look at who he is. And believe it and trust it. If you lack faith, if you lack wisdom, ask it of God. If you lack faith, get on your knees and read the word. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Get in the word. Point number four, a confusing comment. we got to wrap it up. A confusing comment. What's a confusing comment? The Lord has compassion on her and he goes up to her and he says, do not weep. 
Okay, I said 11.15. Let's go 11.30. Do not weep. Why would, you, why would you say that to a widow who just lost her only son? What do you think she felt when she heard that? She may have not even known who Jesus was. And he goes up to her and says, don't weep. If she was some, somebody like you, she would have said something like, really? So what am I supposed to do then? What do you suggest I do, sir? Don't weep. I mean, think about it. Anybody else that would have said that would have been a ridiculous comment and an inappropriate comment. Don't weep. I mean, I could probably see the crowd getting really upset. And saying something like, sir, why don't you get out of here? You don't even know who you're talking to. She's a widow that just lost her only son. Don't weep. You don't weep. Get out of here. And it must have been very confusing to her. There was no way for her to understand a comment like that. It would have been very confusing to me. Why would you tell me not to weep? This is the lowest, most painful experience in my life. I'm going to weep if I want to weep. But the reason why he said that is because he knew what he was going to do, but she didn't. She was unable to know. It seems like an inconsiderate comment to tell a widow who just lost her only son not to weep. It sounds highly inconsiderate. I would agree if it wasn't Christ himself. But it only sounds inconsiderate because having her son raised from the dead was something that she couldn't even consider. It was nowhere on her mind to think that this man was going to raise her son from the dead. And I love that about God, beloved. We have to understand that his plans and his ways are so much higher than ours. Not just a little bit. I mean, God is in a whole different level you can't understand his ways. When we say this verse that we all like is very comforting, you know, hey, God works all things together for good. And we say that when we're going through like a difficult time we don't understand. But did you hear what you just said? God works everything together for good. That means that God is interested in every single aspect of your life. That's the only way that he could work everything together for good. He doesn't just know everything about you. He's involved in everything that you do and everything that you are and everything that every single person in this planet is, animals included, bacteria included. Every, he knows, and he's in control of every single thing. You don't understand that? I certainly don't. If you do, let's talk. would love some insight on that. And so God is always working all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's all about him and his glory. And within those purposes, we find ourselves and we're blessed for that. But don't forget that he's the sovereign one. Everything that you go through is in his realm of knowledge and influence. And we don't understand why things happen. And I know there's a ton of things that maybe have happened to you that you wish didn't or hadn't or weren't happening right now. And I don't have an answer of why they happened. But when I read a story like this, I'm comforted by knowing and accepting and believing that my God is a God of compassion. 
And if I ever dare to doubt that, all I need to do is look at the cross and see where God demonstrated his own love toward us. And that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Don't tell me he's not a compassionate God. Don't tell me he doesn't care about you. He offers you forgiveness of sins because of what he did at the cross for you. We looked at the contrasting crowds, compelling circumstances, Christ's compassion, the confusing comment. There's a lot of confusing comments in the Bible. Fear not. Right? It tells his disciples, they're about to sing this big old storm. Don't fear. Like, what do you mean don't fear? Of course I'm going to fear. You're telling me that because you know I'm already in fear. And I understand, I can't verify this, but I heard a lot of preachers say this. There's about 365 verses in the Bible that talk about fear, not fearing, not being afraid. You know, one for every day. And then there's also things like be joyful. Rejoice in all things. I'm like, what? Those are, those are confusing comments unless you understand who's saying them and why. That's the sovereign God of the universe who loves you and has called you unto his purposes and whatever he has planned in your life, he will complete it. He will complete it. It's not up to you. It's up to him. Including our salvation, beloved. He is the Savior. If he's the Savior, he has started the work in me and he will complete it. That is my trust. My trust is in him. So this uh, confusing comment. So I'll read uh, Isaiah 41.10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, why? For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, why? For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He didn't prevent Daniel from going to the lion's den, but he was right there with them and didn't allow anything to happen to him. Now, were there other Christians that were killed by lions in the Colosseum, for example? Yes, a lot of them. And why didn't God rescue all of them? I don't know. Why did he allow all of his disciples, the exception maybe of John, to be martyred? I don't know. Why would he allow Stephen to be killed in front of Saul? I can guess, but I don't know. But we do know some things. We're all going to die, beloved. And everybody you love is going to die. The wages of sin is death. And we're all sinners. We're all going to die. And everybody around you is going to die. When? We don't know. That's why we want to be ready. We want to make sure of heaven. We know that we understand who God is. We want to make sure we understand the gospel. We want to make sure we understand that I, without Christ, I'm a rotten sinner who deserves to be separated from him for all eternity in a place called hell. That fulfills God's perfect justice. But in his mercy, he offers us eternal life through Christ Jesus, who is our Lord. So the confusing comment, let's wrap it up. The celestial comfort. The celestial comfort. The Lord does something that nobody expected him to do. Nobody could have even thought about it. Nobody said, here, here comes Jesus, maybe he'll do. Nobody even thought that. He just came around, saw what was happening, had compassion on the woman, goes over to the coffin, touches it, which according to the law, should have never done. That's why everybody stops, like, oh, he just touched the coffin where there's a dead man in it. 
they all stop, and then the Lord just says, young man, he must have been like 46, I don't know, doesn't say, young man, rise up, and can you imagine, you can't, but can you try to imagine what that would have been like, out of the coffin, this young man who was dead just sits up and starts talking, and then what does the Lord do? They bring him down, and the Lord takes him to his mom. Can you try to imagine what this woman would have felt? I can't. But I love that story is there. And you might say, like, well, Mike, good for her. What about me? Well, this story is not here so that we could all get out of here and think, like, man, maybe if I just pray hard enough, God is going to just, you know, do this one miracle for me. He might. He can. And we all have situations in our family that we would love for him to intervene. And I know he wants to. He doesn't want anybody to perish. And I'm sure that for us believers, parents, our greatest desires for our children to be walking with the Lord, right? That we would see evidence of their salvation, that they have come to make peace with God, that they have surrendered to the Lord, that they've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that they understand who they are, who God is, and that they would bear fruit of repentance, and, and ev- there will be evidence that they are indeed saved. I, I think for every Christian parent, that's, and I know that for a lot of us, if not most of us, we have lots of people around us, whether children or parents or siblings or nephews and nieces and that, that are not born again, as far as we can tell, and that's our desire. I'll tell you what Paul told the Philippian jailer. The Philippian jailer says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they tell him, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your house. We pray and we live out our faith and do our best to be a good testimony and witness of God's power in our lives. We've talked about this. And we trust in God's compassion, especially when we find it difficult to do so, to make sense of things. I don't know how it's going to be, beloved. For those of us that have lost parents, have lost children, have lost siblings, very difficult. I mean, you can kind of lose your mind wondering and thinking. If that's you, I would just say, just bring that to the Lord and give it to him. I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know how it's going to be that we're going to be enjoying God's glory for all eternity, knowing or not, I don't know, that maybe some of our loved ones are not with us. I know we're not going to be crying over that, I don't know how it's going to work, but God does, and I trust in that. I trust in that. I trust in God's compassion as I see it here in this story. And all of that, I'll, I'll finish by reading 2 Corinthians, and then we're going to take communion. I'm going to do like Luis Robles last week, except I'm doing it because I forgot it, to do it at the beginning. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-5, through 5. listen, this is for you. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. A Christian is not somebody who has perfect circumstances. A Christian is somebody who trusts and relies and accepts God's comfort despite 
our circumstances and through our difficult and tragic at times circumstances. I pray that the Lord will bless you. I pray that the Lord would comfort you as you go through life, moms, and your difficult task of being a mom. For those of you who who want to be a mom and are not able to for whatever reason, for those of you, if, if you've chosen not to be a mom, for those of you that are having difficulties with wayward children or what we call prodigal children, that we would find comfort in this God of all comfort. And if we allow him to heal us with his comfort, you will find something amazing. Then you will be used by him to comfort other people with that same comfort with which you yourself are comforted. Beloved, among us we have people that have gone through the toughest of times and we have seen the Lord redeem them and use them for his glory. There are people among us that thought when this tragedy occurred that they would never do anything again. That they found no purpose in life. And now they're able to see God's comfort in their lives and power and redemption. And God doesn't take away the tragedy, but he helps you through it. And that is amazing. That is something worth celebrating, celebrating, rejoicing, and being grateful for. Not for the tragedy, but for him who helps us even through the tragedy our God of all comfort. Blessed be his name. All of that is possible because of what we, when we take, if you did not get one of these and you would celebrate communion with us, raise your hand and we'll, we'll pass one out to you. But as you peel back the first layer, you have the unleavened bread, which symbolizes the sinless body of our Lord Jesus Christ, who at the age of 33, we believe, gave up his body to be crucified and he hung naked on the cross after being beaten almost to death unjustly. And Paul in Galatians 2.20 says, he did that because he loved me and he gave himself for me. Let's take that together. As you peel back the second layer, you have the juice that represents the blood of our Lord Jesus, the payment for all of your sins and all of my sins. Do you believe that? This comfort and redemption is made possible by the blood of Christ. It's how we come into relationship with the holy and perfect God. Let's take that together. Motherhood is a special thing. It is very unfortunate that in our culture, it seems like more and more, not only is it not special, but for some people it becomes a burden. And it's very important for us, beloved, that we become people that have a biblical worldview, that the Bible becomes the ultimate authority in what you believe 
and how you live out your life. Because this culture will tell you so many things that are contrary to the Bible. And before you know it, you're going to be repeating things from the culture that are exactly contrary to what the Bible says. Right now in our culture, we're seeing some things. And of course, people panic and they're like, oh, don't get political. I don't care if they're political. But I do want to get biblical. I do want to get biblical. At any time, your personal views your emotions or your way of thinking is contrary to the Bible, you need to fix the way you see things or continue to choose to be in rebellion to God. Are we Republican here or Democrat? Are we liberal or are we left wing or right wing? I don't care about any of that stuff, beloved. Our life's too short. I'm a child of God, by God's grace, and I'm going to live my life as best as I can the way that God expresses it and commands me to do it based on his word, regardless of what the culture says, regardless of what the court says, regardless of anything. When it comes to it, we're going to be obedient to God. The question becomes, but I want you to be conscious of that. I want you to be paying attention because in our culture, there's so many things that are just completely contrary to God's word. And I remember going to Cal State LA and, and having some radical professors. And unfortunately, thank God, I had a biblical foundation and a good one because of the teachers and pastors that I had growing up. But man, they started teaching us all kinds of weird stuff. And I went unperceived. I remember thinking, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And a lot of the stuff that they said that I learned it was good. But then I was able to say, that's really funky. I know the Bible says the exact opposite. When it comes to pro-life, are we pro-lifers? Well, what does the Bible say? What did we read in first chapter of, what, what, did, what did Elizabeth's Baby, John, in her womb, do when Jesus, in the, in the womb of Mary, came into his presence. He leaped with joy. Let's be very clear, beloved. Life begins at conception. All life is God-given life. And that's no baby's fault. Of course we're pro-life. We're pro-every life. We're not anti-abortion. We are pro-life. But we also believe that aborting a child is to terminate a life that God clearly says when in the womb it's a life. But I don't want you to believe like I believe. I want you to believe as the Bible teaches. Do some research. Read the Bible. Look at what happens. You need to be able to interpret what you see in the news if you watch news, and compare it to God's word. Don't ever think like, oh, that's an ancient book. Yeah, it is an ancient book. It's a miraculous ancient book that happens to be right on on every single topic it addresses, and it addresses every topic. So I want to say that because obviously there's a lot of things going on in the news 
I don't plan on getting too, but you should also, you shouldn't feel like, oh, Mike got all political today. Political? What are you saying? That, there you go, talking like the culture. Can't talk about anything controversial because you're getting political. Let's get biblical. And if ever you want to have a conversation about anything, bring it up. That's why growth groups are an excellent way or place to say, hey, I saw this in the news. What do we think about this? Great place. I'm going to teach the word, and when things come up in the word, we're going to talk about those. Unafraid. We're not, we're not uh, concerned with, you know, me starting a prison ministry inside a prison. Um, but let's go forward, beloved. Let's interpret everything we see, everything we hear. Let's be very careful that we don't buy into the culture, this world, the things of this world. And at the same time, let's not be inconsiderate. Let's not be judgmental or condemning. That's a big part of the problem. Let's be loving but in being loving, one of the most loving things you can do is to tell people the truth, God's truth. I hope that that, uh, that makes sense to you. And if you ever have any questions, please reach out to me. Moms, you got a goodie bag and you thought, is this all we're getting? That's awesome. But it's not. I want to thank Monique. She put these together and a little gift bag that we have for you. It's a prize gift bag. So on your way out... Uh, through those double doors. If you go through the back over there, make sure you, we, get, we get you a gift for all the moms. But there are little gift bags that we want to just, on behalf of Crosspoint, say God bless you. We thank you for your dedication and you being blessed by being a mom and having that influence on your children. We hope that you have a great day today. And um, again, if there's any way that our church can support you in this difficult task of motherhood, um, we would love to be able to come alongside. So go through those double doors, and there's going to be goodie bags. The ones with the ribbon are for our Spanish speakers. All right? So uh, make sure you don't take one. If you're bilingual, take an English one because we have limited Spanish ones. Thank you guys for your attention. I know it was a long service, but uh, we're grateful that you attended. That's why we got you breakfast because it was going to be a long one. And uh, go back and read this, this portion again and just let the Lord speak to you. And comfort you through your difficulties and know that he will use that comfort to heal you. And it might be a process and doing it with other people is going to be helpful. And then you'll be able to help other people in ways that you never could have had you not gone through what you went through. So God bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you for your blessings. We're grateful for your compassion. We're grateful for your word. And we're grateful for allowing us to have a relationship with you. I thank you for everybody who's here and the families that they represent, and especially thank you for all the moms who are here, and I pray for your blessing. I ask for your protection in every way, not just physical protection, but protection from the enemy in their minds and their souls and their emotions. Father, that we would be able to take all the shame, any guilt, any regret, any bitterness, any anger, and just lay it at the cross of Jesus Christ our Lord and let his blood wash us from that and make us anew, transform us by the power of your word and your spirit. We thank you. We bless your holy name. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you, beloved. God bless you.